Greetings, this is Jeff Riddle. I'm the pastor of Christ Reformed Baptist Church in Louisa, Virginia. And this is going to be an audio version of a book review that I have written. The book under review is titled In the Shadow of the Rock, subtitled An Autobiography. It was written by Jeffrey Thomas, and this was published by Reformation Heritage Books in 2022. The book is 325 pages in length. My review of this book appeared in the Puritan Reform Journal, volume 16, number one, in January of 2024. And it's found there on pages 285 to 288. Here now is the review. Jeffrey Thomas served for over 50 years as pastor of the Alfred Place Baptist Church in Aberystwyth, Wales. This autobiography provides not only an engaging witness to longevity in the pastoral ministry, but also insights into the renewal of Calvinistic and Reformed evangelicalism in the 20th century. It is brimming with lively anecdotes, practical wisdom, and even controversial observations. Thomas begins with admiration for his parents and a reflection on his childhood days in Merthyr, Wales. He notes his conversion in 1951 in the Tabernacle Baptist Church of Hingode, which had its roots in the Welsh Revival of 1904. As a university student in Cardiff, Thomas came under the influence of good books like J.A. Packer's Fundamentalism and the Word of God, and the experiential preaching of the doctor, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. As a testimony to his integrity, Thomas shares how he confessed to his university's administration cheating on an exam, which delayed the completion of his degree, but allowed him to enroll at Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia. See pages 89 to 92. Thomas was a student at Westminster from 1961 to 1964, in what many would consider its glory days. He learned at the feet of men such as John Murray, Cornelius Van Til, E.J. Young, Meredith Klein, and Ned B. Stonehouse. Valuable historical insight is provided in the student life at Westminster in those days. Many of the most admiring anecdotes concern Murray. Thomas notes, for example, how the esteemed professor took a walk after lunch each day, dubbed by students the Murray Mile, adding, quote, you could walk with him. He would often put his arm through yours and ask about your parents and family. He was most affectionate and could be more like your brother than your professor, end quote, page 106. Beyond professors, Thomas also notes the value of relationships he enjoyed with his fellow students, including Walter Chantry, Will Metzger, and George Marsden, among others. He observes, quote, seminaries are a lot like conferences. The messages or lectures are the bonus, while the people who teach to whom you have personal access, and particularly the men with whom you study and eat and pray and talk and argue and correspond with for the rest of your life, are the abiding momentum of your consecration and service, end quote, page 147. These are especially helpful reflections in an age when online learning has done much to distance not only professor-to-student relationships, but also student-to-student contacts in seminary education. 
1964, Thomas returned to Wales to marry Iola Williams, with whom he would eventually have three daughters. In 1965, he took up the ministry at the only church he would serve as pastor. Thomas speaks with genuine affection for both the small university town in his native Wales and the congregation that he served for over five decades. The initial ministry meant a period of reform in the congregation, including restricting office bearers to qualified men and retrieving a traditional evangelical ministry. In 1972, Alfred Place withdrew from the Liberal Baptist Union. The congregation was no megachurch, but it carried out effective ministry in many areas, especially with local university students. A number of young men embraced the faith and were called into the ministry. Among these were Derek Thomas, later a respected Presbyterian pastor and theologian, and Keith Underhill, who followed in his pastor's footsteps to study at Westminster Seminary, and then served as a long-term pioneer as a Reformed Baptist missionary in Kenya. Under Thomas's tenure, the church also began a Christian bookshop, a pro-life ministry, and a ministry to persons with learning difficulties. In a chapter near the close of the book, Thomas surveys influential persons and events that shaped his ministry. Like the earlier chapter on Westminster Seminary, this one provides insight into key men and movements in evangelicalism of the times. Appreciative attention is given, of course, to the great Welsh preacher, Dr. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Thomas is not, however, reticent to share that at points he had, quote, some little exasperation with the doctor, end quote, page 242. He notes, quote, for example, in going through his studies in the epistle, epistles of, in the epistle of Romans, he totally ignores some scripture of chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, omitting them from his preaching as though the Holy Spirit had not inspired them, end quote, page 242. He adds, quote, he does not say a word about the sinfulness of homosexual activities that is commented on in these words. And again, there is his strange silence over the killing of the unborn child in abortion, end quote, page 242. Thomas says he even, quote, mildly argued, end quote, with Lloyd-Jones over his views on baptism in the spirit. See page 242. Special appreciation is also included for the ministry of Ian Murray and the Banner of Truth. Thomas suggests, quote, Ian was in part raised to express and defend our collective Christian memory and freedom, end quote, page 250. Of interest with respect to the Banner of Truth is Thomas's recollection of the then 34-year-old Albert Martin's memorable preaching at the 1967 Minister's Conference and the influence that followed. See pages 253 to 258. In reflecting on his own 50-year preaching ministry, Thomas does not spare himself critical analysis. He notes that he began his ministry as a systematic expository preacher, working verse by verse through Genesis in the morning service and Matthew in the evening. Looking back, however, Thomas warns against the constant danger of what he calls hyper-intellectualism in confessional preaching. See page 214. He also ponders the merits of Spurgeon's alternative approach to preaching, which seemingly followed, quote, no series, no plan, no cohesion, end quote, but was greatly blessed by God. See page 218. In the end, 
Thomas notes the transitions that eventually came into his life. In 2016, he retired from the only church he'd ever served as pastor, leaving the congregation to be shepherded by his grandson and seeing the new pastor's family move into the parsonage where Thomas had raised his own family. Before the year was over, his beloved wife died in the last stages of Alzheimer's disease. Two years later, with his children's blessing, he married again in the Lord to Barbara Homrighausen and moved to London. The book closes with Thomas's suggested epitaph, God created me, sin ruined me, grace restored me. Jeffrey Thomas's autobiography is a cheerful, honest, and encouraging account of a life in pastoral ministry that was used in peculiar ways to the glory of God. This book will be especially helpful to pastors, whether just starting out in the ministry or nearing the end of a long journey as they contemplate their own service to the Lord. It is warmly commended.